This is the Authentic Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Nick Foley and Stu Saunders. Here we go. This is what I got to say. All right, welcome to the Authentic Entrepreneur. That's singular because if you're looking at the wide angle shot of this on YouTube, you will now see that there is nobody in Nick's chair. Nick is alive, Nick is well, uh, he's happy, he's content, he's busy working on 20K Sock Day. In fact, when this comes out, 20K Sock Day will have been completed um, on the 22nd of February. Nick's currently in Calgary, Alberta right now, speaking and busy, and uh, we just couldn't get our schedules together this week. Um, but we'll be back together, I promise, next week. So I wanted to um, do a solo episode this week, and I talked to Nick this morning on the way in, and I said, are you okay with this? And Nick was great. So um, I kind of wanted to talk about a couple different things this week, and, and one of them is uh, was derived from our episode we did with Denise Jacobs last week. So if you haven't listened to Denise Jacobs, go back to episode 21 and have a listen to Denise if you want to learn a little bit about what I'm going to talk about. So it's a bit of a journey I'm going to explain to you here. Um, a bit of an honest, open, so... You know, feel free to. I hope you'll you'll tag along and, and with this story, and I hope that you will, um, you'll feel that you have the ability to relate to this. I think that what um, what I'm going to share with you is very relatable to um, to a lot of people, and, and and you don't want to admit it to people, but I think it's really true. So I'm going to go back in time to last um, beginning of last fall. And uh, actually, it was in the summertime. I was asked in the summertime to do my very first ever TEDx talk. And I did that TEDx talk um, in uh, October in at University of Waterloo, which is here in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. And uh, for those who don't know a lot of my history, I have been speaking for 28 straight years. Um, so this is, would be my 28th year speaking. And I've been doing it every year for... Uh, you know, I, I would do upwards of 150 shows a year back in uh, my heyday with my friend Andy, and and uh, I still speak every year about about 20 to 30 times. Um, but three years ago, I retired from speaking in schools, and I had done a lot of school work and uh, in gymnasiums and all over Canada, the United States, and into Europe, and and so I had a really long and 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 fun career doing that. Um, and about two and a half years ago, on my 25th anniversary. I was speaking, I actually decided I was going to pull myself out of schools and focus on the other programs that YLCC runs and, and try and focus on those. And then also transition myself into being a more of an adult corporate, uh, adult educators, um, that type of world, you know, entrepreneurship. Um, that That's where I wanted to go with it. And so, um, you know, I still do speak probably about about uh, I said about 20 times a year and about two-thirds of those are still in the youth world I do conferences um, haven't done a school in over two years so um, doing this TED talk was a big deal because it was going to be more of an adult audience it was going to be away from the school world and it was something that you know people always if you're a speaker getting a getting a TEDx talk and getting it in a good venue and getting it in front of an established established event like TEDx UW, University of Waterloo, was kind of a kind of a big deal. In fact, when I got it, um, my friend Heather Moyes, um, who's a Canadian Olympic athlete, reached out to me and said, that's a that's a great one to get. She had done it. Um, and so 
I, I, I did a kind of a, I put together a, a program which was all about micro decisions and macro impacts. And so in that process, I put together three of my best stories, tied them together with, with um, people we all recognized um, as great leaders of our time, great influencers. And I talked about Martin Luther King, Terry Fox, and Malala. And I won't go through the whole thing. And if you want to watch the TED Talk, it's, it's, it'll be in the show notes. So you can just simply search TEDxUW on Google or on the TED.com website, and you'll find it pretty easily. Um, about 23 minutes if you want to watch it. So uh, I waited. It went well. The speech went well, and or the TED Talk went well. And I actually I closed that day, and I got a standing ovation, and which was interesting because um, it was the only standing ovation that day that was given to any of the speakers. And not the speakers that were there before me weren't great. It's that their 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 subject matter wasn't really something you would give a standing ovation to. It was very uh, it was more like informative and like mind boggling and life changing and like really interesting stuff. And it was like, wow, mine was more of a, I guess you could say more of an inspirational talk. So it went well. Um, and when you do a TEDx talk, this the speech comes out, if Ted approves it, they have to look through every every single video and they have to approve, make sure it reaches there or meets there criteria and their rules. And so for months from October on, I would, but once a month, I'd reach out to the organizers and I'd say, hey, is this, is this TED Talk, is it up? Is it, is it up? And they'd say, no word yet, no word yet, no word yet. And then last Wednesday, um, I received an email saying, finally, they're up. And so I quickly went and looked at this TED Talk and I was really happy with it. In fact, I watched it straight through, I think, three times in a row. So an hour of my life was spent watching me, myself, by me, which is funny because I don't think I've ever really watched myself speak for more than a few minutes here and there. And I don't post anything really about my speaking. I don't really have any, I have no speaker highlight reel, which most speakers have. I have a five minute clip on our website um, that was taken from an event I did. And so I watched it and I actually was strangely and weirdly proud of what I had done. And I felt confident in sharing it. Now, let's, this goes back to the whole point of this conversation with you, this, this kind of podcast. And it was really about the fact that I have suffered from what's called, and Denise Jacobs talked about in her last podcast, and it's not something I invented, it's been around for a long time, but an imposter syndrome. And the imposter syndrome is something that is very, very real. And in fact, I just wrote a blog about it this week. And if you want to know, read my blogs, you can check out, um, you can, you can just let me know and I'll send you the a link to them, which will be in the show notes as well. Thanks, Portia. Um, but I've had a, the, the imposter syndrome that I don't ever feel like I am qualified enough to do whatever it is that I'm doing. And that's a really big thing. And I come from a time that where I grew up that if you were, if you didn't feel confident, you either just buckled and failed, and that was the end of it, or you just kind of, and it's a word people don't like to use, but it's true, you just kind of pushed through those feelings. And so that was really, really hard for me. And this was the first time I'd ever seen something of myself that I'd done where I felt good enough to put it out there. So what you should know in my background is I'm not an educated person in terms of scholastically. I have, um, I have done a lot of reading and self self-education, um, self-improvement, but, but in terms of my, my schooling, the last thing I graduated from was grade, was grade eight. 
And I, and I don't want to say that to sound like education's bad because it's not. It's just not for everybody. I always say that education failed me, but educators did not. And so the people who educated me, my principal, a lot of my teachers and my vice principals in my school, saved me from doing probably things I would have, a lesser path. So educators did not fail me. Education system, the way it was set up for me, it didn't work. So I put this up and for the first time I felt confident. And what happened next was the TED Talk didn't go viral, didn't have millions of views, but it was shared more than a hundred times. And, and what was more important to me were the comments I got from people I respect. Um, I belong to a speakers group on, uh, on Facebook which has some of the most amazing speakers you've ever you've ever seen. Some of the most acclaimed speakers out there who command large audiences and large fees, rightfully so, for the work that they do. And a few of them actually um, reached out to me. I threw it out to some of them, and some reached out to me, and and you know some didn't watch it at all, which is fine. They're busy, but those that did and reached out to me. Um, the comments I got were, were fantastic. And so for the first time in my actual, like, my life, I kind of felt like I had, I had done something worthy of the next level. And so I share this with you because a lot of us are transitioning in life to different things that we want to do or things that we think that we should be doing yet we're not doing. We're in careers that we don't necessarily like. We're getting a paycheck or we've done something to a certain point. We want to make a transition, but we can't. And I had done speaking to youth audiences for close to 30 years, and I'm pretty good at it, even though I still would often get on stage and think, with that little bit of, you know, back here in the back of my brain saying, I don't know if you should be doing this. I remember once speaking, I mentioned this once in, a, in, in the podcast we did with Denise, I remember doing a speech at Queen's University with, with con ed students, and here are these people all graduating to be teachers, and the dean's there, and... and thinking to myself, gosh, do I have the right to be here to talk to these people? Um, you know, when we'd launched our film company, um, I remember a buddy of mine who's been in, in film and TV and theater for years, he said to me, the only reason why you were able to do the film stuff and get into the theaters and, and produce these motionless motion pictures or motion full-length documentaries was because you didn't know you could. And once he told me that, I was like, gosh, I don't, I don't have a right to be making these films. And so that has been a real, like it's been, the, it's been like, you know, the thing dragging me down, the weights that, that take you, you know, when you jump out, when you jump out of the water, hold you down. And so I guess the moral of the story that I wanted to share with you today in this podcast was really about, was really about the fact that each and every one of us has the ability to do more than we think we can do. And the reason why I, our summer camp started was because I wanted to teach kids at a younger age. Um, this. I wanted them to learn that they are capable of doing more. Um, and I think we've really done a good job of pushing the, the path of, of mediocrity onto people and thinking like, just do as little as possible, work as little as possible, you can get rich quick, you can be a YouTube star, whatever, um, instead of the really the part that it just takes hard work, it takes commitment. So the imposter syndrome is real. And it leads to where we're going next with our next event that we're running with YLCC, and that is our EPIC program. And I've got my little EPIC display here if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and the EPIC, the EPIC community is an event that I created over a year ago 
with the idea of creating a group of amazing human beings that would learn from each other and learn from some of the best speakers, facilitators, and experts in their fields in the world. And um, if you're watching online, you'll see, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see on my left here, I've got a, a stack of books um, that are what people are going to receive when they come to, to Epic, plus more. These aren't all the books. There's actually more than this. There's actually another... I think two or three, maybe four more books that they're going to receive um, when they come to Epic. And the idea of it is it, it gives you a chance to connect with people and get authentic, organic connection with people. Um, I've done so many events in my time where I have been the speaker in front of 2,000 kids or 2,000 educators. And people want to come talk to me, but they don't feel they can because there's a lineup afterwards or they're too far in the back or there's not enough time. And so with Epic, what I wanted to create was an event that was so different and so small and so exclusive and so unique in that it would allow people to not only learn from Ron Tite and Denise Jacobs and Tamsin Webster and Scott Stratton and Phil Jones and you know all these amazing people, Kate O'Neill, oh my gosh, the list is so amazing. Like it's just, and, and Neen James, like it's going to be incredible. And Greg Wells, James Rouse, holy smokes. And, but actually not only get to learn from them, but then, to, so the idea is everyone gets to have a speech, then they do a Q&A, then they hang out. And you can have time with them to say, this is where I am with my business, my health, my life, my family, how do I bring it to an epic level? How do I transition to the new job? How do I build a new company? How do I make my family health life better? Make it epic. Um, and so that is kind of where it all came from. And so what's been interesting in the process is I've learned in interviewing, because through our podcast, through the Authentic Entrepreneurs, we've actually interviewed, I think, seven of the 13 or 14 speakers that are coming. and. It's been great to even be that, that to be reinforced that I'm going to have a chance to um, to learn from these people, and so this weekend while I was going through the process of our my, my TED talk coming out and getting it shared and, and going all the internet, I actually was struggling a lot personally with with the feelings of of doubt, and I actually reached out to some of the people who are coming to Epic, some of our presenters, our facilitators, our speakers. And had amazing conversations with them where they reiterated to me and reinforced that I'm capable of doing what I'm doing. And so I kind of did this whole podcast today just to sit with you in your car or on the treadmill and just say, you can do it, you know, and um, you have the ability to do it. You have the ability to, to, to do more than you think, to have more than you think, to be more than you think. And it comes from right down in your gut. And it's okay to not feel like you're going to do it. Um, I don't have a 10-step program for you. And I know there's podcasts out there. It's like, do this and this and this. The three practical things I'll leave you with as you wrap this up um, is, number one, get a journal. Um, get a journal and, and write out, I talk about it all the time, write out your what-if list. And your what-if list is, what if I was to accomplish what it is I'm setting out to do. What if what what is it? What 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 if I was to be the person I'm dreaming of? What if I was to get in that relationship or to to bring my family or my or, or my brand to what that, that epic level? Like what if? Write the what if and then just wildly in a childlike, un you know, like uninhibited 
format or, or form, just write out what your, how amazing things could be. And I believe if you write that out, it'll excite you. And if it excites you, then you're on the right track. The second thing I would tell you with, um, with the whole imposter syndrome and, and, and trying to build a better life for yourself, for your business, or your brand, is something that um, I, I learned from Gary Vee. And if you don't know who Gary Vee is, we talk about it all the time, Gary Vaynerchuk, um, is he talks about authenticity and being the most authentic you can possibly be. And the more authentic you are, the, the more real you'll be, and the more real you are, the more people will, um, will buy into whatever it is you're doing. I know for a fact I have tried really hard to please everybody, uh, and it doesn't work. So be authentic, be real, and um, put yourself out there. There are people going through what you're going through. Just be authentic. So one, keep a journal, do a what-if list, show, do your gratitudes, and then be authentic. And then the third thing, and perhaps the most important, is realize that there are always people out there that are willing to listen, to help, um, to support you. Um, you know, we, we label it as mental health, or we don't want to label it. One of those, either we label it as mental health, or we don't want to label it as mental health. It is mental health. So my imposter syndrome is a form of mental health. So I, I reached out this weekend and got some great support and some great resources, and I'm already doing some amazing things to push myself to the next level. And, um, yeah, so and share it with me anytime you want to. Share your thoughts with me, your ideas with me, um, because I think it's valuable if, if in our community, whether it's the Athletic Entrepreneurs or if you want to come to the Epic community, which is theepiccommunity.com, um, I'll be there, and I'd love to meet you. I'd love to share some time with you, and uh, we, have a, you know, we do have spots left. So come on out, check it out. It's going to be a, a life-changing event, um, and uh, you know we're excited to, to do it. We're excited to spend time with you. I'm excited to spend time with you. Nick will be there. I'll be there. Um, and until we talk again, know that you are capable of doing more than you think, and including subscribing and liking and sharing um, our podcast. And Nick's back next week. And until I talk to you again, um, thank you from the bottom of our hearts, uh, on behalf of Nick and I, for being part of our community, and keep being authentic.